0: 3:16. For God so loved the world, the whole world, everyone, everyone anyone, that a lot of people, that He gave His one and only Son, His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Don't you love that? From the mouths of babes, right? Children will lead them. Let's, let's say that key gospel verse this morning together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow, Barbara. <laughs> Wow. And let's not forget verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen? Amen. That's going to be our focal passage today. Let me just say to you again, welcome. We're so glad that you're here at Red Lane Baptist Church. I am glad that Pastor James chose the young team today of Nate and Steve to lead in worship. <laughs> Okay, so some of that's correct. Some of that is not so correct. I understand that. And I am not James Taylor. I don't look like him except maybe back here. Um, Oh, he's going to get me because guess what? They're watching from Israel. I just got a text saying that praying God's power over you this morning. I'm watching on the bus now from the Dead Sea about to leave for Jerusalem. And so what an exciting trip they've had. And at the end of the service today, we're going to get a chance to uh, see a little video uh, welcoming, greeting from him right from the actual uh, location itself this morning. So we are excited about that. Uh, yes, we are praying for Ricky and his family. They are under the weather and uh, grateful for Nate uh, stepping in to lead us in worship this morning. Can you believe it is February? It is February 2022. Guess what month it is. It's love month. It's the love month. I mean, I, all you got to do is go into the stores, right? I, I've never seen so many balloons and flowers and stuffed animals and cards and candy in the stores. I think the industry is trying to make up for the pandemic all in on this one occasion. We set aside one month, one day of the year to express our love to Someone. And I want us to stop and think about that for just a minute because we actually have the opportunity to express the love of God through Jesus every month, every week, every day. As the old hymn says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, right? So it gets sweeter and sweeter and we don't need a bunch of candy. Let me remind you that God loved you so much that He gave His only Son, Jesus, for you. Jesus is God's love gift To you and to me. And his purpose for giving us this perfect gift in Jesus was that we would seek and be saved by him, to seek and to save the lost. That was his purpose. And if we believe on him, we will be saved. It's that simple. We heard it from the kids, right? Wow, it's that simple. And yet, Nicodemus, a Pharisee and respected teacher, was schooled in the Old Testament scriptures. He was a student of the word, but he couldn't comprehend Jesus' reference to the needs to be born again. Even the prophet Ezekiel had used similar language, but he just couldn't believe that salvation was that simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Now, here's the reality for us today. There are many people who still can't believe that salvation is that simple. There are people who have grown up in Christian homes, they, they've even gone to Christian schools and colleges, have been students of the Word for many years, they've memorized Scripture and yet they have a hard time comprehending that salvation is for whosoever believes in Jesus as the Son of God will have eternal life. So trusting Jesus, committing your life to Him, the one and only requirement for salvation, it's not about knowledge, it's not about good works, it's about believing on Jesus. So that's why I think Martin Luther calls John 3.16 the heart of the Bible. It is the gospel in many. It is the gospel in miniature. Look at the screen. I want you to see what he says here. He says, he breaks it down. He says, God, who, by the way, is the greatest lover, he loves unconditionally. God so loved, which means the degree, it's the greatest degree, he's willing to give up his only son God so loved the world, which is the greatest number, that is an infinite number of people, it's all people, that He gave, which is the greatest act. The greatest act is giving. He gave His only begotten Son, which is the greatest gift. Jesus is the greatest gift that we would ever receive. That whosoever, which means that's the greatest invitation, that's for everyone, whosoever believes... That's the greatest simplicity. All you have to do is believe. Believe in who? Believe in Him, which is the greatest simplicity. All you have to do is believe in the person, Jesus, who is sinless, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the greatest person, should not perish, which is the greatest deliverance. Perish from what? From sin and death. But instead, but, which is the greatest difference, Instead, we have the greatest certainty, we, not that we might, but you will have what? Everlasting life, which is the greatest possession, heaven for all eternity. Martin Luther says, it's the heart of the Bible. It is the gospel in miniature. As he breaks it down, the greatest love, the greatest degree, the greatest number, the greatest act, the greatest gift, the greatest invitation, the greatest simplicity, the greatest person, the greatest deliverance, the greatest difference, the greatest certainty, the greatest possession. The simple truth is this. God loves people more than anything. We were created for his purpose, and he's given us dominion over every other living thing. Every other living things so he values people more than anything else that he has created and he would give up his only son for people for you and for me that's love folks we were created in god's image and i believe if we want to be more like him if we want to stay in his image then we too will love what he loves and that is people more than anything now i know we've said this many times If we want to have joy in our life, Jesus has to be first. That's the J. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. So outside of our relationship to Jesus, we should love others more than anything else in this world, more than our homes, more than our cars, more than our vacations, more than our retirement, more than our accomplishments, more than our possessions, more than job titles, more than promotions, more than money, more than anything. Amen? Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So think for a moment. What are you treasuring in this life? Where is your heart? Are we treasuring things or are we treasuring people? Which are more important? Because if it's based on our spending of money or if it's based on our spending of our time, I'm afraid that many of us, our treasure and our heart might not be for people it might be for things. And God loves people more than anything, and so should we. Over the Christmas season, we emphasize international missions and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And the reason churches give collectively during that season is so that thousands of missionaries around the globe can share the good news and the love of Jesus with people of every tribe and every tongue and every Nation, And we are blessed to be a part of that corporately as we uh, collectively, as churches, as we give, and as we partner together. And many of us have been on international mission trips. And uh, I see that we've got another one that's coming up there very soon. Let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with church mission trips. There's nothing wrong with partnerships and projects. But without the gospel, is it missions or is it doing good works. If we're going on a mission trip once a year and repairing homes and helping build uh, churches and feeding the hungry and digging wells and and yet at the same time not telling them about the greatest love story about how Jesus came and lived and died and rose victoriously for them, then aren't we just doing good works? Good works that will only last for a finite period of time. But if we are willing to share with them the good news of the gospel and they trust Jesus with their life, What we've given them is the gift of salvation that will last for all eternity. You see, it's not a a once-a-year mission trip, by the way. It's the Great Commission that teaches us that as we're going, make disciples. So as believers, as Christians, if we're going to be like our Heavenly Father, we should live this missional lifestyle. It should be an everyday thing in order to lead others to Christ. So it's not a once-a-year mission trip. It's not a once-a-season conviction that we have when we're at church on Sunday, but it is a lifestyle. For those of you who have made New Year's resolutions like me about dieting and losing weight and then gaining it back and then losing it again, it's February, right? Um, and so we'll try all kinds of diets. We'll try the Atkins diet and Weight Watchers and Nutrisystem and Keto, etc., And Why do we do that? It's it's a temporary fix, right? We want to lose weight fast, but our doctors and our nutritionists say that we don't need a diet. What we need is a lifestyle change so that it becomes a natural way of life. It becomes who we are. It is what we eat, right? Well, folks, we were created by God and for God, and so as believers, we can't just proclaim the gospel on certain months or certain seasons or certain days or when we feel like it, it is a missional lifestyle that when disciplined and practiced long enough, it becomes our way of life. It comes naturally. So let's consider the characteristics of God's missional lifestyle. It's pretty simple this morning. You have an outline that was given to you as you came in this morning. It's pretty simple. There are two words of God's missional lifestyle that are key, love and give love and give. So let's consider love. For God so loved the world. This is proof that God loves people more than anything, so much more that He gave His only Son for people, for all people. What does all mean? All, right? For all people. And I got to thinking about that. That means short people, and tall people, and fat people, and skinny people, and American people, and Korean people, and Iranian people, and Japanese people, and black people, and white people, and ugly people, and pretty people, and dirty people, and smelly people, and drunk people, and people who persecute us, abusers, gay people, straight people, Democrats, Republicans, all people. And some are not so easy to love, right? I was asked to participate in a funeral uh, recently. And uh, I have to tell you, when I walked into the room, it was filled with people that were not like me. Um, And I should have known that because many of them were outside the building smoking, had long hair, scruffy. Some had been drinking, pretty raw and rough speaking. And here I was, the minister. I was to minister to this family who was not like me. And uh, to be honest, as I'm consoling and praying and caring for them, that meant that I was probably going to have to hug them, which meant that my clothes are going to smell like smoke. And uh, to be honest, at that moment, I didn't want to do that, just just to be honest. But I did it. And I've got to tell you, as I left that funeral that day, the Lord convicted me that God loves them, and so should I. God gave his son for them. Jesus died for them just like he did for me. It's Olympic time, right? So just a couple of years ago, I was in South Korea at the Winter Olympics and uh, part of the Bible Outreach Project. And so we're on the street and we run into Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir is walking alone on the streets, shopping in a local boutique. Johnny has been a U.S. figure skater champion. He's been on the Olympic team multiple times, and now he's a commentator at Beijing for figure skating. He's openly gay and pretty flamboyant about it. Wearing his hair up in a fancy do, feminine clothing, carries around a purse. So you have to know that as I'm approaching our our team, there's three of us, as we are approaching him down the street, the first thing that we thought of is we need to avoid him. He's not going to be interested anyway. And folks, that's what Satan will have us to believe. He's the father of lies, right? So our team of three, we actually do approach him, and uh, he's kind of intrigued by what we're doing. He wants to know, what what is it you all are doing? And we told him what we were doing, and of course, he did not trust Jesus on the street, but what he said was, that's a nice gesture. And guess what? He took a Bible from us. You see, Jesus died for Johnny Weir, too. And I can't afford to pick and choose whom I'm going to share the gospel with when i'm living this missional lifestyle i will share with everyone i come in contact so if i'm going to live god's missional lifestyle i've got to love people and that's all people now the second characteristic of god's missional lifestyle is to give the word give because we continue in john 3:16 that god gave his only son the greatest act was when he gave His only Son. Giving is an action word. If we love people the way that God does, then it's going to require action. So let me get real practical here. I want to give you a practical acronym of ways that we can act. Show God's love to people. The acronym is ARMS, and I think you have it in your bulletin, and so we can fill in the blank. There'll be a test at the end of the message today. You should pass. The A stands for accept. Accept. Accept people as they are. However you find them mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, God created them. And so if we're going to find ways to act and show God's love, we have to accept. A is accept people as they are. R is to reach people where they are. We have to go to them. We can't wait for them to come to us. We can't wait for them to come to church. We've got to reach them. So the R is to reach. Then the M of arm is to meet people's needs. So as you discover the needs, that's the time to meet the need. Meet the need with reckless abandonment. So don't wait for a committee or some ministry team or the church to vote. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit's prompting. I remember preaching one Sunday. It was the Sunday after the riots in, in Charlottesville. And a woman and her daughter came up to me after the service and said, the Lord has laid on my heart that we just want to go to Charlottesville. We want to pass out Bibles. We just want to love on people. And so she didn't bring it before missions committee. She didn't bring it before the deacons. She just went and she did it. There are times that we just need to, to do it because God tells us to do it, to reach and to meet the needs of people. Develop long-term relationships. It's not a a one-and-done act of kindness. It's an ongoing relationship. Meet the needs of people where you are, where you live, where you work, where you play. Arm, accept, reach, meet, and the S is share the gospel at every opportunity. Some of you um, maybe are relatively new to the church. We started this ministry Sometime back called Bless Every Home. It's a strategy where we're praying for our neighbors. We get an email in the morning to pray for five neighbors on a daily basis. So prayer is the actual launch pad. It's the first step. But after we pray for our neighbor, the Lord opens our eyes to see the needs of our neighbors and we begin to care for them. And when our neighbors know that we genuinely care for them, they become open to us sharing our faith, sharing the gospel with them. And then it might just lead to an opportunity to invite them to join us into a small group discipleship study. Maybe invite them to come and be a part of our small group at church. Does does that make sense? So arm, accept, reach, meet, and share. Living the missional lifestyle is a call to give Jesus, but also to be His arms to others. It's a call to action. So love people. For God so loved that He gave, give that He gave, meet their needs, and their greatest need is Jesus for salvation, abundant life, and eternal life. So now let me ask you, how do we recognize opportunities to give, to act? How do we know that it's the right time to step into someone's life? Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary in California, was here in Virginia uh, last week speaking at a couple of equipping conferences, and he said there are four specific things that happen to people, four specific things that happen to people when Christians should take the opportunities to step into others' lives. Here are these four things. First, he says, people die. People die. That's when we step in because people are searching for comfort and peace and strength, and the world can't give it to them. Jane and I would never have imagined that we would lose three parents in one year. And to think that Fred and Janet went home to be with the Lord in a matter of 64 days. And that's when people stepped into our lives and showed the love of Jesus through food and cards and gifts and visits and flowers and social media posts. It ministered to our hearts and we thank God uh, for them being obedient to act because people die. And so over the weekend, we learned of Shannon Cox's mother and her passing, Margaret Easter. It'd been just a matter of a couple of weeks that the family learned of her inoperable brain tumor, and now the Lord has called her home. And while the family rejoices, and as we've heard this morning in Chris's prayer, rejoicing over the promise and the security of heaven, it's still a shock to this family. Emotionally, it's a roller coaster for sure. And church family, this is the time to step into their lives and minister the love of Jesus to them. I want to stop for just a moment because as I'm mentioning this, the Lord could be laying someone on your heart this morning. Maybe they have lost a loved one recently. And this is the time that the Lord is saying, I want you to step into their lives and I want you to love on them and I want you to meet their needs and I want you to give Jesus. I want you to give Me to them. So let me just stop for a moment. You've got space on your bulletin this morning. If the Lord lays someone on your heart, would you just write that down? Because He's laying that person, that family on your heart for a reason this morning. Just take a moment to do that. So Jeff Orge says that four things happen in people's lives. First of all, people die. Secondly, he says relationships struggle. Relationships struggle. Marriages struggle. Some even end in divorce. There are relationship struggles between children and, and parents. There's sibling rivalry. Even some relationships in church. I mean, maybe you don't share the same vision or conviction that leads to strained relationships even in church. And oftentimes what we try to do is we retreat. But that's not the time to retreat. That's not the time to cease to be friends. That's the time to press in, to step into people's lives, to be like Jesus by loving and giving and forgiving. Maybe there are issues. Maybe there are relationship issues at work. So why don't you stop for a moment and say, Lord, bring to mind someone who is struggling in relationships and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about being an extension of His love and grace and mercy toward them. In just a moment, we're going to have a time to pray for them, and I want to encourage you to act and care for them and to help them through these difficult times of relationships. Let's just take a moment to to do that. So Dr. Orge says people die, relationships struggle. He also says that health fails. If we live long enough, we're going to start experiencing health issues. Hearing, Jane and I are saying, huh? More and more these days, memory loss, sight loss, not to mention major medical issues like heart issues, diabetes, cancer, etc." that's the time that we step in. I was eating a healthy breakfast this week at Frisbee's (laughs) when I ran into uh, some dear friends named Nate Brown and Mark Duffer and Jeanette Shelton. That reminded me when I pastored, we had a member who was on dialysis three days a week. And so we scheduled as a church for people to take Mr. Goodrich To the medical center on those days but that included not only taking him but helping him get into the center and carrying him lunch and then stopping on the way home for at hardy's for a cheeseburger and apple pie that was kind of his routine folks that's what i was witnessing at frisbees people who step to the plate when health fails that's what i witness every sunday when i see mark duffer pushing the wheelchair of nate brown into the church So do you know of someone who's struggling physically right now? It it could be major medical. It could be cancer. I know the Lord has placed on my heart Vicki Coppage, for instance, brought her to mind. It could be someone who's struggling with COVID right now. This is the time to be Jesus. This is the time to step into their lives, to love and give the way that he would. Take a moment. Think of someone whose health is failing, that the Lord wants to use you to be Him. People die, relationships struggle, health fails, and finally things break. They just do. Finances, stock market crashes, retirement funds diminish. People lose jobs or they don't get the job that they were hoping to. They live from paycheck to paycheck and cars break down and appliances stop working. Maybe they're not accepted into the college of their choice or maybe they are part of a team and they lost the game, they lost the contest, they lost the race. And that's the time, that's the opportunity to step in. Folks, that's what motivates me to share the gospel. God loves them, and so should I. And we've learned today that's all people. God gave his son for them, and I want to give them Jesus too. And it becomes personal to me because the person I come in contact with this afternoon, tomorrow, they could have recently lost a loved one, they could be experiencing marriage difficulties going through a divorce. They could have a heart condition or maybe cancer. There could be things in their life that are broken. And here's the deal. You and I, we have the answer. We have what they're looking for. We have what they need. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son for them. And if they would believe on Him, it's that simple. They would not perish but have everlasting life. So right now as we prepare for the invitation to respond to God's Word, And the leading of this Holy Spirit, I want I want you to ask yourself this. First of all, do I believe? Do I believe? Do I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior? You see, you might know about Him, but do you believe Him? And do you trust Him with your life? And if you're already trusting Jesus as Lord and Savior outside of your relationship to Him, will you love people more than anything? Do you know of people who need the love of Jesus right now? Consider their circumstances. This could be the time for you to step in. Someone could have recently lost a loved one. What name did the Lord bring to your attention? Someone is struggling with relationships. Could be someone in your family having marriage issues or struggling with another church member or coworker. Who did the Lord lay on your heart this morning? Someone whose health is failing. Who are you praying for today? Do you know of someone who has hit hard times It seems like they can't get a break. They're discouraged over and over again in life circumstances. What name did the Lord bring to your attention? Now is the time to step in because God so loved them that He gave His only Son for them. I don't know about you. I just kind of needed to hear that simple message from John 3.16 this morning. The question is, who needs to hear that from you? Yes, this is... Love month, right? And here's where the rubber meets the road. We throw this word love around kind of loosely, don't we? I believe that we're really fond of a lot of things in our lives, but God talks about true love, true love for people. So I want you to take a look. I've got a few slides. I want to just kind of land the plane, so to speak. You see... I love tennis, just finished watching the Australian Open. Many of you love football. You can't wait for the Super Bowl next Sunday, right? Some of you love golf, both watching and playing. Others love fishing. But God loves people more. Say that with me. God loves people more. Look at the next slide. Some people love their house. Others love their vacation homes and getaway spots. Some people love their work and are even married to it. Some people love the church building. But God loves people more. You can say it with me. God loves people more. Next slide. Some people love jewelry, diamonds, gold, and silver. Other Others love clothes and fashion. Women love shoes. (laughs) Some people love home decor. But God loves people more. Look at the next one. Some people love chocolate. Some people love desserts, cheesecake from the factory. Some people love a Ruth's Chris Steak. Others love Starbucks coffee. But God loves people more than anything. You see, I'm fond of all of these things, but I'm not in love with these things. I want to love what God loves, and He loves people more than things, more than anything, and so should we. Amen? So let's, right now, Nate's already preparing us. Let's pray for some people right now. Let's love love them with the love of Jesus, and let's give of ourselves so that their needs will be met and they might see Jesus in us and trust Him with their lives too. Amen? So I'm going to pray. And I want to ask, you know, as we stand and as we sing, I I see Chris is here and family's here. There might be some people that just want to gather around them and pray for them. There's some people over here I know when I mentioned Vicki Coppage, you might just want to gather around and pray for Vicki. There might be other needs. You all want to gather together and you want to pray or the Lord has laid upon your heart these needs today. These people that have been brought to your attention, who have experienced death or struggles in relationships or health, things have broken in their life. This is an opportunity to do the Word, not just to hear it, but to be doers of the Word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the assurance of our salvation And we are grateful that you do love us so much that you gave your Son, Jesus, for us. Thank you for modeling that love and the generosity of giving of ourselves and giving you to others. And right now we have an opportunity to be obedient to your word. And I pray if there's someone here or someone who's watching, who's never trusted Jesus for their life, That by faith, it is that simple, that they would believe on the Lord Jesus. It's not about knowing, it's not about doing, but it's about believing. And if you are a believer, as our lives are being transformed to be more and more like Jesus, then we too are going to have to love all people. We too are going to have to give, give of ourselves to meet the needs of people. So, Lord, right now I pray that in this room, as names have been brought to our attention, that we are doing exactly that. And we're going to pray, we're going to care for them, we're going to love on them the way that you do, so that we can be an extension of your love and grace and mercy, and we'll have an opportunity to share this good news for God so loved the world. Wow. We have the best news. Let's share it. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that you and your family have been encouraged and blessed today. If you have just made a decision to follow Jesus, or if you would like to pray with someone, or even if you want to know more about our church, please contact our church office or send us an email. We are looking forward to seeing you next week here in person or online. See you then.